Welcome to the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. I'm Kyle Brost, a strategist and changemaker. I'm the CEO of Spark Policy Institute, founder and principal at Choice Strategy Group, and contributor to Forbes, Thrive Global, and Influencer. I lead at the intersection of strategy and impact, where I turn ordinary individuals into strategists and changemakers. Let's get started. Hey folks, this is Kyle Brost, host of the Art of Strategic Reaction. Welcome to this episode of the Art of Strategic Reaction podcast. Today we have on an awesome guest, Chris Coker. Really excited to hear about his work um, and some of the lessons learned. Has a phenomenal military background, working on some exciting stuff with suit soldiers. Um, just really excited to have him on and, and hear his perspective and some of the lessons learned and journey that he's taken. So, to get us started off, Chris, do you mind giving us a little introduction into who you are, a little more than what I just gave? Yeah, absolutely. Hey, first off, Kyle, thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here and kind of share my story, and, and I love kind of connecting with like-minded people and uh, and being a part of this. So, so thanks so much. A little bit yeah, about absolutely. me. I'm a, like you said, I am a veteran. I separated from the military in 2016, and then I immediately uh, moved into a, a corporate role. I, I'm married. I've got four awesome kids. Two, the two older ones are boys. The two younger ones are, are little girls. The bottom three are actually age three and under. So my wife and I, we have our hands pretty full right now. But uh, but yeah, life is good, man. Oh man, that's awesome. We have uh, we have three boys. Our oldest is uh, going to be seven, and our youngest is three. So we're a little bit more spaced out. That's that's pretty intense. The three yeah. under three. <laughs> Yeah, we have. Luckily, the oldest can help. He's he's eight, so we're close there. Oh, uh, nice. And then the younger, yeah, three, one, and uh, and four months old. So we have a built-in babysitter. But uh, but yeah, I'm sure it'll get easier <laughs> with time. <laughs> yeah, you know, we just got out of that phase of of kind of like the baby phase where our youngest mm-hmm. is you know out of diapers and you know can feed himself and stuff. He's still a little bit of a brat, but <laughs> but, <laughs> uh, but he's you know he's past the really difficult stage or not difficult, but you know the stage that requires a lot of attention. Sure. Yeah. So, uh, so I love, you know, I I love talking to veterans. I think that, um, there's a a natural respect for people that have taken that course and that route and offer that kind of service. Uh, so first off, thank you for your service. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, I'm curious that transition, just the transition from veteran to a corporate, kind of role or responsibility. What did that look like? Was it hard? Um, How did that play out for you? Yeah, that's an awesome question because I can tell you for me personally, it's something that before I did it, I was thinking, oh, this can't be that hard. It it just can't be that hard. I was, you know, I was an infantry guy. I did the airborne thing. I did the ranger thing. I was thinking I've, I've done some challenging things in my life. So how hard can it be to put on a suit and interview for a job? Uh, but the reality is I was I was definitely wrong. And I think uh, looking back now, it's a matter of of perspective. That's that's really kind of where I was getting it wrong. I was thinking that, oh, it's going to be it's going to be the same. I'm just going to maybe look a little different. And, and it's very different. I guess the easiest way for me to explain it is uh, it's kind of like it felt a bit like a deployment where I went to this new place. I'm surrounded by new people who dress a little different. They talk a little different. They act a little different. Uh, and it was kind of a, a culture shock for me. So uh, it took a lot of work to really work through some of those things. And I think it started with reflection. I really had to sit back and, and take 
my my ability to kind of do some internal reflection to really understand myself and to have that deep level of self-awareness in order to start, you know, making things happen, happen for me. I had to know, you know, something as simple as, well, what do you want to do? I don't know. I want to get out of the army. Okay, well, what does that, you know, what does that look like? And I really didn't know. And so for me, it was a lot, a lot of just kind of sitting down and just thinking like, what is, what is my why? What purpose do I want to live for? Uh, Kind of what are my goals? Uh, And to really think through that. Uh, And I think that really helped me through the interview process, the transition period, uh, and really, you know, taking off the uniform and, and, and doing something different. Awesome. So there's a lot in there, a lot of awesome stuff that I that I really want to dive into. First off, so you were a ranger? Yeah, yeah. So I, I like to clarify as ranger qualified. I didn't serve in one of the battalions. I was actually attached to the 1st Infantry Division out of Fort Riley, uh, but I commissioned out of Kansas State University. So after I graduated uh, as, a, as a second lieutenant, they sent me down to the infantry school and then they said, hey, we really want to school you up. So they, they pipeline you through schools like Airborne uh, and Ranger School. And, uh, I, you know, it's definitely tough. I learned it's kind of a cliche to people that have done it, but uh, you learn a lot about yourself in a place like Ranger School. And, and it definitely, it serves me even now uh, that I was able to do that. And then once I got my tab, I, you know, moved on over to Fort Riley, Kansas, where I took control of a light infantry platoon. So it was a really, really cool experience. Uh, it sounds cool. And from an outsider, regardless of it, if it's cliche or not, uh, it still makes you sound like a bad A. <laughs> <laughs> I appreciate that. Uh, the only downside to that is you went to K-State and I went to KU. So we'll have to talk about that later. <laughs> oh man, that's a I talk about coincidence. What a small world. I won't hold it against you. My wife actually got her uh, her degree from KU, so you know I do have a little love. All right, you got a little bit of good in your family. Then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's All right. I mean. So so in in talking about this transition to the corporate space, there were a few things that you highlighted that I think are are really awesome. And one of the things that I spent a ton of time talking about, it's really the core to. All the work that I do is around strategic thinking. And you mentioned several things that are really a big part of strategic thinking. I want to dive into them. So the first one that you talked about is, and you didn't use this word, but you talked about the, the kind of principle, is recognizing or realizing that what you experienced in the military was different than what you were going to experience in the corporate space, having that recognition that, holy cow, these are different spaces. And, and the way that in strategy, the way that we talk about that is understanding the context So your context has changed, but you layered on top of that, this understanding that you still had learned things that could be applied in this new context. And one of the things that I see people sometimes struggle with is first off, recognizing that context really matters in terms of the choices you make. But the second piece, and and I'd love to dive into this element, is how to recognize the skills that you have and apply them in a new or different context. So as I asked that kind of question, how did you recognize how to apply those skills in a new or different context? What did that process look like for you? That's a, I love this question because especially with Suit Soldier, this is really what I harp in on a lot because it's, it's hitting on a lot of what you just said. How do we translate skills from one experience into a different path somewhere else that we're trying to go. And it's, to me, I agree with you, Kyle, it takes a lot of strategy to be able to do that. Now to answer your question, I think for me, it started with that, that self-reflection to really know, okay, where is it that I'm trying to go? You have to, there has to be a target. You have to have something that you're looking at that you can say, 
that's, that's where I'm trying to go. So for me, I knew, you know, I was in the infantry, I got to deploy, I did some really cool things. I was living a very purposeful life, doing very purposeful work. So I know it's a little ambiguous, but in the very beginning, all I knew is I just, I had to do something purposeful. And I had to do something where I was, I was going to continue to be an agent of change and I was going to continue to impact others uh, in the best way that I knew how. So then the self-reflection that comes into place and you're saying, okay, well, this is, these are the actual technical skills. Like what, what real things happened to me in the military that gave me skills that I can actually pull out and then use to help me move towards that new direction that I'm heading towards. At the end of the day, I feel like that's the strategy to really be able to kind of draw that out whatever those actual tangible skills were, you know, in my case, a lot of team building, a lot of leadership, uh, being resourceful. And in the military, there's a lot of times you get these missions where you don't have enough time, you don't have enough money, you don't have enough people, but you got to complete the mission. Uh, that is a very valuable skill set to have, which I've been able to put to work in this new you know, vein of my life. But I think it really at its root, it starts with actually having a tangible goal in front of you and saying, okay, that's really, that's where I'm trying to go. Now, what experiences can I draw from that will help me get there? Yeah, that, that is great. And actually that, that point to, you know, it's the, Stephen R. Covey used this start with the end in mind and, and he's mm -hmm. not the only one. I mean, every kind of, you know, philosopher and business guru or personal self-help guru has kind of used that mentality of you've got to start with some goal or purpose in mind. And I love how you layered on top of that. So you get this goal or this purpose in mind that you want to achieve. And then you layered on top of it, lining up and saying, okay, how are my specific skill sets going to get me there? And that, that piece of reflection, I think, is so important. So you have this goal, you, you define what it is that you're trying to achieve, and that enables you to map out a lot of different approaches. So you can map out multiple ways of getting there and reflect on and see based on those multiple paths, which one really aligns with my skills, my experience, uh, the way that I've done things, how I've learned to do things, the successes that I've had. And so the two elements that you really highlighted that I think are, are ultra critical are having that really clear purpose in mind, and then taking the time to reflect on various paths that could get you there. Yeah, absolutely. And just to kind of add one more thing uh, to the end of that, you know, again, I'm sure it's the, the veteran in me, but I'm an executor. Right? To me, it, it has to be actionable. And when you lay it out in the way that you just explained, what you can now address is, oh, maybe there's a maybe there's a skill gap. Maybe there's something that I I haven't done in my experience that I now, you know, in order for me. So, for example, I was, you know, I went from the first job I had after I got out of the military. I was a medical device sales rep. That is, I'll tell you, nothing like being in the infantry. Now, I was able to pull out certain experiences, and that was that was huge for me, but there was also a skill gap. But by doing what we just talked through, I was able to actually say, oh, this is where I need to focus. This is where I need to work. And it just really fed into that strategy that you keep mentioning to, to really understand and to plan and to have an actual strategy in place that we can take action on uh, is what I think kind of helped me land on my feet. That is, you know, that is, that's not one that I was thinking of in my mind, but that is such a crucial highlight that you just gave in terms of being able to identify that skill gap. And there's, to your point earlier, there's no way you can do that without some level of reflection and honesty with yourself. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I think we all struggle with is acknowledging and recognizing our, our actual weaknesses. Um, yes. 
Versus, you know, thinking that we have all of these skills and talents and that, you know, to your point earlier, you know, I've got all this stuff for the military. I'll be able to come out and just dominate the world based on all this stuff without recognizing that, you know, context has changed some stuff and that now there are maybe some skill gaps. Um, so, I, yeah, I mean, I love that you highlighted that, being able to identify and see those skill gaps and recognize where there's opportunity for improvement. Mm-hmm. There's this, this element that I love to talk about, and it's this idea of when we see those skill gaps, when we see that there's a gap between um, where we think we are or who we think we can be and how our life looks today, when we see that gap, for a lot of people, that's kind of a struggle. They, they see that as maybe evidence of failure or evidence of uh, not living up to potential. And I always love to reframe that to say, whenever you see that gap, that's really exciting because it's evidence that you still have greater things that you can achieve. You still have greater potential. So instead of looking at that gap as this kind of determined, you know, this, this detrimental thing that says yeah. I'm not as good as I should be, we should be viewing that gap as saying, Hey, this is really exciting because there's still room for me to grow. There's still room for me to get better. And I just think how depressing would it be if you looked at your life and you thought I can't get any better than I am today. Yeah. Yeah. I could not agree. I mean, no one is half the battle. You just hit the nail on the head. What you just said is absolutely the truth. So tell us um, a little bit about suit soldiers. I know uh, one of the things you mentioned earlier when you and I were having a conversation was success after service. Tell us a little bit about what you're doing over there. Yeah, sure. So, so like I said, the first role I had, I moved into a medical device sales position. Uh, it, it did feel purposeful. It felt like I was doing some good stuff, but there was a part of me that was thinking, man, like, something's missing. I don't necessarily know what, but there, there's something missing. And I remember having a conversation with a, a buddy of mine from the military and he had said, Hey, you know, I have a, a friend, uh, that, uh, you know, we deployed together. He just got out, uh, and he's starting his own company uh, and he's, it's, it's, a uh, a weapons range and a, and like a firearms training facility kind of thing out in Pennsylvania. And I remember him telling me that he gave me the contact information. So I reached out to this gentleman and said, Hey, you know, I'm happy to help. And I remember him telling me, well, you know, we're just starting up. I'm trying to bootstrap this thing. I can't really, I can't really afford to pay you, uh, for any of the consulting services that you're able to offer. And I said, man, we're both veterans. Like all that matters to me is like, I want to watch you succeed. I really want to be able to look back and say, Hey, I had a hand, you know, in helping you succeed. So please, you know, reach out anytime. Let me help you. I'm happy to now, you know, in hindsight, Yes, of course, I can't do free forever, right? But I, what what was so what was a lightning bolt for me was wow, I really did mean that. I meant what I said. I just I really want to help him, and so that just was what really started getting the the juices flowing to figure out well how best can I do that? Uh, and I liked the idea of reaching out one on one, which is definitely something that I that I do today. Uh, however, I felt like Suit Soldier would become something that could be broader than that. How can I impact? more lives and be an agent of change on a greater scale. Uh, so it started with just this concept of how can I help veterans and how can I help them do kind of what you and I were just talking about how, because their skill set is very, very unique. And I would argue that it's, it's challenging for a lot of people to take, you know, jumping out of airplanes and carrying heavy stuff and shooting weapons. That's a lot different than putting on a suit and looking at Excel or, or, you know, whatever the case may be in the new job that you're trying to do. It's very different. So to show them how to do that. And so Suit Soldier is just, it started as a podcast. I bring on veterans who are out there really trailblazing and they are a light on the path 
for other people. They're entrepreneurs that have successful businesses, or you know, maybe they were corporate climbers that have gone on to become you know CEOs of Fortune 500 companies, and you know, but way back when they were you know, an e, a sergeant in the army or a, a captain uh, in the Marines or, or whatever the case may be. And being able to share those inspirational stories has really, I, th- I, f- I feel like it's left a good impact on uh, on some lives in the veteran community to kind of help them realize, oh, we can do that too. Uh, we just need to learn how to translate that military excellence into success after service. That is phenomenal. I, I, you know, I love when people have this really deep passion for something um, and that they're willing to go out and try to create greater and greater value around that thing. Um, so I can totally appreciate and respect uh, that you're doing that. I don't talk a ton about it on my podcast, but I run um, a, a research and evaluation firm. So I have a, a staff uh, and an office here in Denver, and we research and uh, we evaluate approaches to solving social problems, like really big things in terms of poverty and housing affordability and health access and, and equity and and, uh, and so that idea of really wanting to help people and create value is something that I think everybody should be striving for. Everybody, they, you know, to the conversation about purpose, I think people just need to find like, what is that thing that I can create value in that feels really purposeful to me? And, uh, and I think that that's a huge driver for success when you find that thing that feels meaningful and is actually changing people's lives and creating value. One of the things that you talked about, and I really want to dive into this subject because we started with this idea of having a really clear purpose in mind. But sometimes I think we um, we we place it incorrectly in terms of how we talk about purpose. So I talk a lot about how purpose isn't something that you just define. It's not this statement that you just write out there and it's now defined and it's never going to change. Purpose is this thing that you create. You have to be creating it. And and one of the things that I think is awesome in terms of your story is you started with this conversation about really wanting to know and understand your purpose coming out of the military. But you created and you adapted that purpose as time went on to develop, you know, not just go from the military to healthcare and business consulting, but then to realize that I can create this purpose even more deeply through, you know, the suit soldiers success after service kind of model. So talk to me about that. I don't think it's a change in purpose, but I do think it's an an involvement and kind of adaptation of purpose. Talk to me a little bit about that evolution or adaptation of purpose? Well, I really like what you said uh, about purpose, how it's, you know, it's a matter of creating something. It's not necessarily kind of like a, it's not a destination, right? That's not, that's not really it. It's, it's something that we're attempting to create. So when I was, you know, do work for other people, you know, for, for those of you that are listening, that are employees, you may be doing quote unquote purposeful work. You might be doing things that you can be very proud of, right? You're working for an organization that's doing incredible things. And that's, that's awesome. And you should absolutely be proud of your accomplishments and and what you're doing and what the organization is doing. But the reality is, at least from, from my perspective, the way that I view it is when I'm working for somebody else, I'm living somebody else's dream. Right. So if I work, I don't know, Cracker Barrel, you know, I just my I feel like I just get so much pride out of bringing people delicious food and and making them happy and yada, yada. I don't know who the the CEO is, but I would argue that I'm living I'm living that person's 
purpose. I'm really helping drive their mission, what they're continuing to create for others, not necessarily my own. So for me, especially with Suit Soldier, I finally realized like, man, I Like, I've got to do it. You use the word create, uh, and that's exactly what went through my head. I said, I have to create something. Like, it is our, this goes for everybody, it is our birthright to create. We are allowed the opportunity in this life to go out and make something happen. And ultimately, I think that's kind of, that is our purpose, to really contribute and make sure that we're able to leave this world better than we found it when we got here. Uh, so uh, yeah, I just, uh, you got me all fired up, but I really like the way that you were explaining uh, purpose, because that's exactly right. It's, it's to me, it revolves around this idea of creation. And if you're just, you know, coattailing off of somebody else, there's nothing wrong with that. It's not that you can't be proud of that, but I, you know, you're not necessarily creating in your own capacity. And I think it's something that we are all capable of. I couldn't agree more. I I think, you know, the idea of creation, not just in creating purpose, but that part of everybody's kind of uh, core is that they need to create and should be creating things of value. Um, And I think there's so many ways to do that, that sometimes we block ourselves off to all of these different avenues. I mean, even suit soldiers is going to evolve over time. You're going to discover new things as you continue to do it, things that work. And that purpose may shift and evolve over time to add new elements and become something new and better in the future. And, and it should, right? It shouldn't just stay stagnant. It should be right. something that is evolving and adapting over time. And, and I love the way that you said it in terms of purpose isn't a destination. And I, I, I'm going to steal that from you. I'll tell you right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going I'm to steal that from you uh, because I think it's so true. It's not a destination. It's this kind of evolving, continuous effort to really create value and, and leverage that part of what it means to, to be human. I think yeah. to your point, um, another point that you made is for those people that are working for an organization and feel really excited about their work, I think what you highlighted is the importance for organizations to have really clear visions and purposes so that people know if they're aligned, so that they know yeah. if it's something that they feel like they're really a part of. And, and we, you know, there's tons of research about the importance of having clear vision or the, at least the ability of leaders and executives to communicate and articulate and drive forward a mission. And I think you got to the core element of why that's so important, because it's this this human nature to want that. And by having something clear and having a leader who can really communicate that, then you help people see and understand, am I aligned to this? Is it something that I personally am really excited and interested in? And if not, well, maybe I should be looking for a role if I don't, you know, if I'm not into the entrepreneurship thing, maybe I should be looking for a role at an organization that really is aligned with my purpose Uh, so that I, you know, I wake up in the morning and I'm excited and engaged and, and interested in going and doing that work. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think you're right, like highlighting, you know, what is the mission and for the, you know, the, the leaders in that organization to be able to articulate that is critical. So that way, the people that are interested in that are aligned, they can say, oh, okay, well, I can still be a part of something bigger, I can still help affect change, you know, across the world, you know, if it's in healthcare, then, you know, find those companies out there who are innovating and changing the world in healthcare, and you can be a part of that. Uh, but to your point, yeah, the only way people will know that is if it's articulated in you know, the communication that that leadership actually puts out. Yeah. So, so talking uh, or taking this thread about kind of creating purpose, what do you see coming next for you? 
Oh man, that's a, that's a good question. I'm actually, I, I feel like I'm glad that you're calling me out on this because I'm a big believer in like, you have to have a plan, but then you have to have a post plan plan. Like what's, what's next, <laughs> you know, and I, I definitely am victim to, to not always uh, thinking through that. Uh, but, but to make sure that I answer it, I, I think it's just to help it grow, to, to leave something more and more actionable right now, the, you know, suit soldier has, turned into a, a pretty good podcast for veterans. I'm getting a lot of good feedback. People are, are liking it. And I think the next step is, okay, how do I take this and somehow inject it into the military community, the veteran community, and really give them actionables that they can take? Maybe, you know, is it, is it classes? It, you know, is it, uh, is it some sort of mentorship program? Is it a partnership at a strategic level with organizations that are out there doing it already? Uh, I don't entirely know, but that's, that's where we're going next. It's going to go from just kind of a, you know, an informative mentorship opportunity via podcast to, you know, okay, how can I roll my sleeves up and get my hands on this? I love it. And I, and I think that that, you know, I kind of think in the same way. So one thing I've uh, mentioned in previous podcasts and things is I have these four words kind of written on my mirror that, that kind of drive who I am. And so the first one is ponder. Uh, the second one is dream. The third one is inspire. And the fourth one is enable. And so it kind of follows the same, uh, pattern of wanting to educate people, but eventually, really giving them the skill and the capability, right? So pushing from mm -hmm. dreaming and inspiring toward uh, toward actually uh, enabling people to be successful, giving them more and more tools that are practical and useful and tangible to use in order to improve themselves. And obviously you have a really clear audience that you're working with. And I think that that is powerful to have a clear group and audience that you're focused on so that you can custom tailor those insights and those tools and approaches for them specifically. And having the lived experience makes it even more profound. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I really like the four words you just used. I think it's a really good way to systemize it. Well, uh, Chris, anything, any last kind of comments or insights or tidbits or tips that you would want the audience to think about or, or be left with? Yeah, absolutely. I think we did. You know, I love that we spent so much time talking about strategy and really addressing purpose and really understand like doing that self reflection. Uh, and I highly encourage people. It's something that I started doing after I had gotten out, but it's proven to be really uh, helpful is is I actually I, I, I look at it, I print it out, I write it down, like whatever my goal, like my goals are. I don't even call them goals. I call them targets, right? Because a goal is kind of ambiguous. You know, mm -hmm. it's not something that we can always grab, whereas a target well, that's something I can see that that's, you know, that targets 50 meters out and I can knock it down. I just have to know where I'm going. I can, I can do it. So for me, I literally, I'm, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. I've got a vision board uh, that I update like biannually and it just has a bunch of images and words that are, you know, that resonate with me on a family level, on a personal level, spiritual, professional, all these different capacities that I find important in my life. Uh, and I put them down on that board so I could say, that's what I want out of this life right now. That's what I want. Uh, and then it gives me something to tangibly look at and chase after. So I really encourage everybody listening to, to consider that, you know, whether you write it down, maybe it's just what you consider your core values. You know, maybe it's, you know, a company that you want to start or a company you want to start working for, or maybe it's just as simple as the vacation you've always wanted to take your, you know, your spouse and your kids on, uh, put it like print it out, write it down, put it on the wall and look at it. So you're no longer thinking of this goal, but you're looking at a target. Uh, and I, I feel like you'll, you'll really find success there. 
I think that is an awesome suggestion. I think it's a very practical thing that people can do. There is a ton of power in writing things down and making them visual in terms of our own commitment and our own belief in being able to achieve it. And then there's just something about having it in front of you all the time that makes it more likely to happen. Uh, You know, I wrote down about three years ago, I wrote down a goal on my mirror um, about a specific kind of company I wanted to own and a specific kind of revenue target I wanted to be at. And just simply having that in front of me all the time enabled it to happen. And so eventually I was able to acquire, you know, this business that fit perfectly in that mold and I credit it and it sounds really silly and sometimes too simple, but I credit it to it being in the forefront, written down in, you know, visual in front of me all of the time so that I couldn't forget about it. And so I think that that is a fantastic suggestion for people to take a very practical step, uh, a very simple step that can have powerful results. Yeah. Yeah. I completely agree. So Chris, I just want to say thanks so much for joining us on the Art of Strategic Reaction. For those of you listening, uh, go check out Chris's podcast, Suit Soldiers. Are there other places that they could be able to find you, Chris? Yeah, absolutely. Like you said, uh, the the website is suitsoldier.com. You can find the podcast there. I'm on all the major directories. So uh, especially if you're a veteran, I highly encourage you to to check that out. And then otherwise, I'm always available on, on, you know, Twitter, Instagram, uh, LinkedIn, Facebook, just, you know, at Suit Soldier. You can't you can't miss it. So yeah, if anybody's interested, I am more than happy to connect and uh, and have a talk. I love meeting new people. So yeah, thanks so much, Kyle, for having me. This has been uh, a real a real pleasure. I've enjoyed it. Absolutely. Same here. Folks, thanks for listening and joining in on the Art of Strategic Reaction. I hope you enjoyed having Chris with us and uh, we'll check out his stuff on Suit Soldier and, and take the tips that he's given us. I think he had some awesome insights. Thanks for listening and we will catch you on the next episode of the Art of Strategic Reaction. This is Kyle Brost and have a good one, my friends.